0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pagan Switchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and
1: I'm joined by familiar friends that you guys have heard several times on the show, which we know and love, and that is Eric and Lala of the Spirit World Center. You have heard them come on the show and talk about all sorts of really awesome topics. If you have not listened to those episodes, go back through and listen to them. They're not required, but you can do that at any time. They're all awesome, but they are not required to listen to this episode, so you can definitely do that. We have also decided, because the topic we chose for today is so broad and vast, this will actually be a two-part episode, so you can look for part two in the coming weeks. And uh, Eric and Methel, welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks so much for having us. This is always a pleasure being on the show and uh, just... um... Yeah, you know, we're very excited to talk about shamanic journeying and the creative process today. It's something that is very close to home for Lava and myself.
1: It is such yes, a great thank you topic. so much. Yes. <laughs> so, um, now. Obviously, for those who are first tuning into the show, if you have not heard any of Eric and Lava's episodes previously, uh, they do a lot of shamanic work and a lot of journeying type work in their process. Do you guys kind of want to talk a little bit about that before we kind of get into the creative process bit?
0: Sure. Yeah. So something that we do at the Spirit World Center is basically helping people to really allow their abilities of spirit communication to flourish. And so we we teach spirit communication in a lot of different ways. Our philosophy is that for every, you know, every person's going to have their own way that really works for them in terms of spirit communication. Everyone has a different spiritual nervous system. And so we really Uh, want to facilitate that. And so of course we teach um, things like mediumship and channeling, uh, but then we also do a lot of trance journeying, a lot of uh, otherwise known as shamanic journeying where you're entering into a trance state, such as by listening to drumming, right? So in training the mind by the beat of the drum or otherwise um, doing some kind of trance inducing activity. And then when your mind is in that state, it allows you to just send your consciousness, to become aware of uh, of the other side, uh, this awareness that is usually being cut off or being filtered out by the the brain, the mind, as it's normally operating. But in that trance state, we can become aware of the spirits, aware of the spirit world. And so that's a that's a big part of the practice that we teach. And the nice thing is that it's actually quite easy for people to do this. the 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 majority of people are have quite a uh, an, an ability once they put the mind to it. You know, uh, some it happens instantaneously; they can just enter trance at a drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, as uh, you know, others it might take them a little while. They might have to maybe you know get. A, a, a sacred space ready for it, you know, to actually cause that shift in mindset before they start journeying uh, so that they can, they can then enter into that. It's, it's really very similar to hypnosis in that sense. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it, honestly, uh, everyone can be hypnotized in my experience, but it's, it really depends. The, the, the you know, the hypnotist has to really, understand who that person is you know are they very visual are they very auditory or tactile how do they process information and therefore what weighs in to get to that person uh, to get that person into that into that hypnotic state um, and so much in the same way it's trans journeying it's about finding the trans induction that works for you and once you get into that shamanic journey it's you know the wondrous things open up to you
1: that's definitely a really good way to put that. And I like the, the spiritual nervous system comment that you made because <clears throat> in a lot of ways, when it comes down to spirit work and especially trance work, yeah, everybody is different in their own way. Some people, like you said, are very visual, some people are very auditory. Um, and you know, some people it's kind of like you were saying, where you train the brain and eventually you you know, if you've done it enough, you kind of get to that point where it's just you flip the switch in the brain and it's like, boom, I'm ready to go into trance. Um, and other people, it takes the process. They have to, you know, set the mood, they have to have the music, they have to have the incense, they have to have all these different things to get there, uh, which is not a problem either way. No way is wrong in any way. So, however, you have to set that up for yourself is your way, it's your correct way. So, Absolutely. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, um, now, Lava, when you do your trans journey, a lot of times your trans journey comes through uh, partially art for you, correct?
2: Yes. So I I like to do the trans um in different ways. But one way that I do it is by um, the 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 more... I guess original way or normal way which is you know <laughs> lying down and um inviting uh you know going into a trance and uh traveling to the spirit world mm-hmm. and then meet with spirits and ask questions and then uh receive uh wisdom from my guides and this, then I take it back with me and I explore it in my art. Um, that's one of the way I, I love to 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 do.
1: I love that. One of the um, members of my Kevin, she does that as well. She'll um, be inspired to move, you know, through the spirit world, doing whatever work that we're doing or her own individual work, and then she brings it back and puts it on canvas, especially through like abstract art. That that's her medium um so it's really interesting to see how those things come out uh, because a lot of times she doesn't realize what's going to end up on the canvas until she's done and gets to see that entire journey through it which is so cool and i love that people when they do that and they talk about their different avenues with um art and spiritual work um because it's very different from my art when i paint because mine i go in with a set image and all that, and a lot of times I'm not moved by spirit to change what I'm painting. So I love when I hear other people's, like, different forms of mediumship and how that works and it's like, oh, that's really cool. Whereas on the other hand, my other form of art, which is writing, there, I think when it comes to, because I'm a fiction writer, and when it comes to writing characters, Sometimes I don't think that characters are figments of our imagination. I think sometimes they are almost like a spiritual voice inside your head that's like, tell my story. And you end up writing that story that you're just like, how did that happen? Where did you come? I did not come up with this original character. They just entered into my brain. And when those moments happen, they're just so profound and amazing. And it's like, I don't I I don't think my brain could have come up with that. I don't. I think that was somebody else. (laughs)
2: Exactly. The character that you that you write about in your story, they they take life, you know, and it feels like they have their own life. They're alive. They're not just, you know, a construction Mm -hmm. uh, from imagination, but just something like a presence that's always been there and just need to be uh, um, discovered.
1: Yes, I completely agree with that. Now, I don't know if it was on your show or my show, one of the two, because we, we've been guests on each other's shows for so many episodes that I can't keep the what where we were straight. Now, did you not tell me a story about how you were doing a painting, I believe, and you ended up with almost like a spiritual, you know, main like spiritual uh, connection while you were painting? Did, it, did I remember that correctly? I think I did.
2: Um it happened very often, so okay. I'm, I'm not too sure <laughs> which one, but uh no, that's all right, but I can talk about one uh one beautiful uh event that happened to me um uh, during the summer mm-hmm. so I usually well depending, but often I will just like draw on the canva first, yeah, um, and so that morning i I drew what I had to draw which is um, like a bunch of different type of spirits all together. Um, and there was a lot of horses and there was a tortoise and different women. And it's, uh, it's look very um, kind of, there's a lot of symbol, symbolism in my art. Mm-hmm. And um, so I drew that. And then I had a a, um, a meeting with um, my friend and then she talks and she talks and she talks. And I realize, I say, you know, I just drew our entire conversation on the Canva this morning. <laughs> like everything she mentioned was there. She was talking about horses and like your, like ancestral healing. She was mm-hmm. talking about different versions of herself and so on. And I'm like, my gosh, I'd love to give you that painting. And I'm, I'm, I'm finishing <laughs> it right now. <laughs> I'm finishing it right now. It's it's amazing how you know, when we're connected, you don't know how it will unfold. And I feel like there's just um, so many ways that art can help to connect with spirits or to even do divination. Um, like, for example, my mom, she uh, painted uh, a horse and she just, she was looking for a new horse mm-hmm. and she find it. She, you know, she, she found the exact same horse with a different, like a very uh, particular spot on the on the forehead of the horse. And It was there, and it was it was this horse. And also, like she um, when she was pregnant of my sister, she painted a blonde little girl with uh, pink lips in the shape of an M. And my sister, she's blonde with blue eyes and. And it was exactly that. And when she was pregnant with me, she painted a brunette with blue eyes and, and red lips. And this is me. And so she
1: she just kind of manifested what she wanted through painting, which is pretty awesome. That is really awesome. But, you know, and it's so fun to see when those kinds of things come into existence, um, the the different types of mediums that happen with that and I love that, I, like I said, because the, that is not how I work with my paintings, um, because I do a lot of landscape work with, you know, like the moon and uh, lots of trees. I like trees and moons. That That's kind of my thing. <laughs> this is gorgeous. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> you can't go wrong with trees and moons. It's very, very uh, wonderful. But it's so fun to see how those kinds of things end up on the canvas because a lot of times I'll go in and be like, yes, I absolutely want to paint this picture that I found somewhere on the internet that is this landscape. And it will not be the same thing that comes onto the canvas, but it's something similar to it. And it's kind of my own rendition of it. And it's just, it's such a unique experience. But, you know, in terms of the manifestation through art, those kinds of things are very interesting how they play out. And uh, there in my book that just came out that we were talking about before the show, there's actually a poem in there that is called Raven Child that is for my daughter, and because when my daughter was born, um, the hospital was now the hospital was in Nashville just for the record. So ravens are not a big thing in Nashville; like we don't ha- get a whole lot of them, but the entire hospital was covered in them, to the point that it was scaring people outside. Wow. And this happened the day she was born and she has been basically this little raven child and even when we go outside we don't we didn't have ravens on our farm until probably the last like 7 or 8 years we started getting them. Now we have huge flocks of ravens. The older she gets, the more ravens appear. And it's wow, so that's... interesting how that kind of plays out, but yeah, she she made her own kind of debut in the book that way. Um but it was because of that interesting spiritual kind of connection that she has to ravens and so that's fantastic it's really interesting how that happens um kind of bring it back to the shamanic journeying though um what would be like if you're wanting to um kind of go into a shamanic state because you want to get inspiration for a new art piece or you're wanting to see what the spirits are gonna you know Uh, bestow upon you. Uh, how would that kind of work for somebody who is not super familiar with that kind of process?
2: Oh, my, that's just this is what I love about creativity mixing with spirituality because, um, this answer is infinite, there's just so many ways to get into uh, a trance, and then pretty much what you want at the core of it is to be receptive to put yourself in a receptive state and uh, it sounds easy to say that (laughs) but sometimes we're really not receptive and there is a lot of other noises and other um, things that we call creative blockages Mm -hmm. that are in the way and that do not permit us to really uh, uh, be there receptive yes to the spirits. And so if I have to say, if you want to prepare for that kind of, uh, of creative process, if you want to do that style of, of creation, what is important is to find a way to what we call hollowing yourself out, to be a hollow bone so that you can be uh, um, receiving any kind of wisdom, visions, feeling, pulse, uh, name it, and then translate that into art because it's really like what you do when you do art is that you are translating um what you sense so what you experience from the spirit world mm-hmm. no matter what it can be into uh, you know colors shapes and and uh, ultimately a team on your canva and I'm talking here from a the point of view of a visual artist so I'm not like a singer or or you know a dancer and so on but it can translate in any, other kind of medium that you're using, of course. Um, but what what I really like, you know, is that uh, when you let's say I'll talk about shamanic journeying here, you know, it is a conduit for healing, for transformation, for spiritual connection. Um, and it is so strong. and when you want to, you know it it's one thing to want to Uh, make something pretty and inspiring but when you go even deeper at the root of it and you bring your entire experience that you had uh, let's say in a journey and you bring it back on your canva uh, that's uh, just so much depth to uh, the creation itself
1: Mm
2: -hmm. and um so what you can do you know what what I like to do is to uh let's say I go on a journey and I see things, you know, and I, I will then bring that back and I will try to, yes, render a snapshot of, uh, let's say, my experience. So, for example, I did a painting where... Uh, I was deep into the ocean, and I was riding on the back of whale spirit, which was really awesome, by the way. <laughs> and, that sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was incredible. I had that was a crazy, crazy journey, and I one of the that marked me the most um, in my career. And um, so I was, I did a painting of a giant ocean, and uh, a, you know, someone riding a well, someone slash me, of course, but riding a uh, a whale a giant whale and going through going to a cavern of light um and then trying in that to also render not just the what i saw but how i felt and how did that really shift me um into the person I am after that journey. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of layers that you can add to this practice um itself but if if you just want even just to have inspiration really shamanic journeying or trans journeying is like it's your own (laughs) like spirit world pinterest (laughs) if you're good with vision (laughs) you can have so many incredible visions uh that are just they even more powerful because they really shape you they shake you in in different ways and um, I think that this is what is so amazing by um, incorporating a, a the spiritual aspect of of creation to it because then it's it becomes a uh, a meditation you know when you' paint you also think about what happened during this journey and uh how did this change you and what energies you want uh, for that and it's just... It's multidimensional. I don't know how else to say that.
1: <laughs> yes. I think that that's a beautiful way to kind of put that because when it comes to, well, when it comes to spiritual connection and the creativity process, um, you know, kind of like you were saying, like, <laughs> it's your own personal Pinterest. Um, and it's such a interesting way how it can move through you and motivate you. And even help, like you were saying, remove some of those blockages. Um, You know, I think it's also interesting that we were also talking a little bit before we started recording about um, shadow work and how the connect uh, creativity process and the shamanic journey in combination with each other can also help work through some of those shadow type blockages, um, which is super fascinating. Also, a quick segue. If you were interested in learning about how, you know, art and spirit work works together, and art or writing are not your modalities, such as dance or some of the other different art modalities. Australia Taylor wrote a beautiful book um, that we also talked about before we started recording. It's called Inspiring Creativity Through Magic, uh, fantastic book. There is an episode with Astrea about this book, so you can check that out, but um, she talks about all the different modalities. that. Lava and Eric and I are not versed in. So if that's your modality, check out that book. It will help you out. I promise. <laughs> now, bringing it back to what we were saying. Um, but in terms of it, the um, shamanic journey, I find that sometimes when I'm very artistically blocked, sometimes going into one of those trance states will actually help You know, m- me go, oh, I'm blocked because I'm dealing with this and this is keeping me from being in touch with that creative um, cycle. And that really will help. And sometimes it's like, nope, you cannot work through this until you paint it or you write it or you get it out in some kind of creative fashion. Do you you ever have those kind of experiences?
2: Yes, so creative blockages are (laughs) are such a fascinating Part of life as an artist <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't it <laughs> but uh, with with times I I got very acquainted with them <laughs> and uh, get to know a lot about myself and how it works and um I think most most part is that there's a lot of fears that are there um and critique you know yeah, yeah this mm-hmm. so wonderful inner you know inner critique uh, <laughs> working against us most of the time. And so what really helped me when I find myself in a blockage is usually I will lower my expectation. Um and this will help a lot because when I have too high expectation, when I fall into perfectionism Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I want to render this perfectly as the way I saw it, it's it's never, it's it never. (laughs) <laughs> no. just never it never happened to me to render perfectly what I saw in the spirit world because I don't know spirit world is perfect in its own way and it's just like my hands are not following what I try to render um so I try to focus on what is the essence that I want to put on my on in my art that will kind of align with the journey I just had Mm -hmm. and uh this is really i think crucial for me that instead of like no i'm gonna just try to do exactly what i saw and so on but no instead i'm like no what is the essence here and um of course the most um prevalent symbols then i will put them there too that sometimes they're really obvious or it's a spirits or it's you know it's a certain um what I like to do presently, I would say at the moment, is to um, picture different type of healing sessions that I had with the spirits and how um, kind of it, they're really kind of healing oriented. Uh, so ceremonies and and rituals that I lived and experienced, um, And, uh, so, I cannot do the entire ritual, so I have to choose like, okay, so if I have a a camera and I would take a picture, what would it be? <laughs> what What is the most in- interesting one or the most uh, uh, important one? Um, and yeah when i when I have a blockage, so yes, I lower my expectation, and sometimes I' just not even I'm not even I'll just just splash some stuff on a paper mm-hmm. or or. I, I just gonna start with that to kind of let out the frustration <laughs> that has built up. Yeah. And um, then I will also be aware of if I have any if I'm experiencing any kind of fear or what kind, what is the um, what's going on in my mind as well like do I have any kind of ne- negative self-talk or um, and so I'll, I'll try to shift that. And if I really can't, because sometimes I'm just too much in my head and for that kind of work, I need to be in my heart. I need to be, you know, um, aligned with my my soul. And uh, sometimes, the, you know, the left brain is too much there and you want the right brain uh, to be more present. And so what I will do then, I will just shake it off. I'm going to put some music, um, especially drumming music and then I will shake a lot, mm-hmm. and I'll just um, attend to to achieve a trance state from there, and uh, this will anchor me a lot in the work, then I, I feel like I'm like this, you know when you see a movie and you're like, uh, the person in the movie is just kind of in a trance or in some kind of bubble, and mm-hmm. they just very obsessed, and they go in a, they go wild, so I try to get there um, by uh, activating a really deep trance, um, and this is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it depends from what is the stage of my painting. Sometimes I need to be more um, grounded, more focused for the details, for certain things like that. So it it's really depend of the style of art or what phase of the art I'm doing. I am in. It makes sense
1: no that makes perfect sense and it, it's interesting how you're kind of you know sitting here talking about the these different things and of course my creative brain is just like hey so while you she's talking you have this brilliant idea for this painting and i'm like i don't have my stuff for painting brain thank you <laughs> <laughs> But it, it was really interesting, though, that you were talking about that because, uh, like, the really deep trances and those different things that you were talking about. um What inspired in my brain just now was actually this incredible, probably one of the most incredible trance journeys I've ever been on my entire life. um And, of course, it was with the Morgan. And she took me on this beautiful thing. And it was ended up being a full keening for what happened um, in... Gaza recently. And it was just profound the way that it happened. And I I can't even really describe it because it would take too much time on the podcast to fully you know describe it in full detail. But it was just one of the most profound experiences that I've ever gotten to do with her. And it was a surprise one, of course, because that's how the Morgan works. She just drops and be like, hey, you're going to do this now as she does. But it's so fun to see how the different aspects of creativity work. Um, and I love that, you know, you're able to kind of go into those trance states to kind of literally shake out those blockages or work through them in your own way. And yeah, sometimes you do need the wild energy. And other times you need that focus energy for whatever it is that you're working on. And it's so fun to kind of ask, and maybe you do this, maybe you do ask your guides, but I ask mine, I'll be like, Hey, can help me work through whatever this is so I can get this done, get this finished, get it completed, get it ready to do whatever it is it's going to do. And sometimes that works really well. Other times it's like, no, you need to go chill today. You need to let your brain rest because you've been working too hard on this and that's why you're blocked. So, do you ever have any of those kinds of experiences where you're basically told, "No, stop it"?
2: <laughs> yes, I do, but I usually I'm very stubborn, so I don't Same. listen. Too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: what I do when I feel like it's enough, though, I, I'll just kind of go do something else and come back to it uh, later. Um, or sometimes I'm just gonna start another project, like another painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when one is blocked, because sometimes I. It's I work on another painting, and then I realize, oh, I have an idea for my previous painting now. It's just uh, as I work on the other one, it kind of gave me clues for what I have to do. So I don't necessarily don't create, but I will just shift my attention to to something else. Another trick that helped me a lot uh, with my painting is uh, I will take a picture. Of it, Mm -hmm. so kind of seeing smaller or shifting kind of my my view will help to uh, kind of give me new ideas. But I do, I I do. It's true, you know. um, Connecting with my guides is very important uh, to me, and I actually uh, have a uh, just like what actually uh, Astria mentioned in her book. Mm -hmm. You know, a a creative spirit guide and this um, this spirit guide is uh, helping me his his name is Ricky and it's a white little fox Um, it's uh, very bubbly and usually really good at helping me shifting my perspective on things um, and helping me kind of just cool down and reminding myself of you know, how can you make it fun? How can you make this easier on yourself? And all these good little questions that are really helpful when you're too, um, when I'm too stuck in in my own mind and perfectionism mode.
1: <laughs> it's funny how you talk about your um your, your artistic guide. I have one that um I has taken a form and actually has a permanent residence spot in a. It's a Halloween decoration. It's one of those bone ravens that you find, the skeleton ravens. But he is a raven. His name is Edgar, appropriately. Um, Edgar is kind of the one that I help with work or creativity or any of those kinds of things to kind of bring my focus back. And uh, But yes, I I was like, you know what? You need a physical location to be in when you're not helping me. So here, you can have this Halloween decoration and this will be yours. So Edgar has his own home.
2: (laughs) That's so adorable. Well, now that you mention it, I do have a home for Ricky as well. And it is a plush story that is a white fox. And (laughs) it's
1: so cute with big, big eyes. I'm like, yes, uh, hello. (laughs) I love that. I I think that that's so fun, especially when you have these. And for anybody who's listening, if you have like a spiritual being that you're wanting to be like, hey, I want your help for X, Y, and Z give them a home so that way they're not just out in the ethereal trying to, you know, follow you around. And when you need them, they're probably right at their home, not, you know, off doing whatever. So that, that's one of the best spiritual advices that I don't even remember who gave me that advice, to be honest. But somebody did many, many moons ago, and I got this adorable little skeleton. It was one of those $5 decorations at Walmart. But I Yes, that is literally um, Edgar's home and all of that. And interestingly enough, I also don't work with uh, Baphomet, but I have a stuffed Baphomet on my desk that uh, a friend made me crocheted it by hand. And Baffy is what I affectionately call it. And Baffy is also like the protector of my desk. So when I'm working, despite the fact that I don't really work with Baphomet, That is the spirit that is in this being or this little stuffed animal that I have um, that helps kind of keep other distracting spirits away. Because as we know of being shamanic workers and that sometimes you have spirits that will come in and be like, hey, you busy? Yeah, actually, I am. Can you not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's such a wonderful thing giving a home to spirits like that. And, and you know, I think something important to point out is it doesn't have to be something expensive. You know, it doesn't have to be this terracotta or or some kind of, you know, ancient uh, statue for a deity or um, or something that, you know, that, that it looks expensive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, a plush toy. Or a, um, th- I mean, your, your crow there is, uh, or your, your um, skeletal raven is probably made of plastic. It right? is
1: made of plastic. And
0: exactly. Plastic. and there's, <laughs> a, It's so important to point out there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, uh, you just want to give them a place to focus their energy. And these beings love to enjoy existence. I, you know, they're never going to have a problem with, with you offering them a plush toy or something like that. It's, it's a wonderful thing.
1: It is a wonderful thing. And, it, you know, I have multiple different things on my desk that work with different spirits, um, different guardians, those kinds of things that are just visual reminders for me. Um, but they are also associated with them. So they have a place that they can go. Like I have a very tranquil skeleton that has a little airplane sitting out of his head, who's one of my guardians. Um, I have, you know, for the the wolf spirits that I work with I have wolves on my desk and I have all sorts of different little knickknacks across my desk that a bring me joy <laughs> and b also have spiritual meaning behind them because I spend a lot of time at my desk I spend a lot of time working here I spend a lot of time doing obviously spirit communication with you know Mike coven because we're all virtually based um, and then doing things like this show, which are all spiritual based and, you know, bringing good information to those who are listening, but it all kind of ties into each other. So having those different aspects for you, and it can be something as simple as literally a printed picture from the internet that just brings you joy and that you connect with your spiritual being, that you just pin to your wall. It could be something that simple, or it could be, if you want it to be lavish you can but you don't have to do that honestly it's kind of like to bring it back to uh what my husband calls um goblin core (laughs) he's like look i found this cute adorable rock for you out in the driveway do you like it and it could be a beautiful lavish rock that just randomly appeared out of the ground you know that's been there and pushed its way up through the soil or whatever Or it could be something that was just a really uniquely shaped piece of gravel that is so small and unique, but it's basically goblin core. Give them something that is important and meaningful from you. And I guarantee you, I've never had a spirit reject a gift like
0: that. It's a wonderful thing too, having all these power objects around you, having all these meaningful symbols. Especially when it comes to the creative process. I mean, I'm sure Lava can go more deeply into it in terms of how her studio is set up. But like when you have all these power objects around you, you have the presence of the spirits in all these statues and rocks and oh, it's just it's amazing in mm-hmm. terms of what you can do when you're in that environment. It's like setting the charge for that area.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Um, now the interesting kind of part when you're talking about all these different power objects and these different things, do you have a specific object that you connect to when you're, you know, getting ready to kind of like go into trance? Like some people have like, um, you know, stones or those kinds of things. Do you have anything like that? That just kind of helps trigger the creative process into the trance work for you, um, that you kind of hold when you're starting to go into that? Um, I don't have a specific
2: object uh, that I use, actually, but I, I I like to do different things depending on my mood. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, and and so I have, you know, so I have, see, if I talk about my studio, I have different outdoors for different spirits. And uh, sometimes just to kind of get the, the energy of that spirit uh, more into my painting, um, I will wear like I have an altar, and on that altar, I have different objects, different things, but I also have kind of a set of jewelry, um, like a necklace, mm-hmm. maybe a ring. And so I will wear that to kind of bring that energy with me. And uh, from there, I will um, kind of center myself and let that energy simp into me and feel the presence of my guide with me. And then I'm going to start doing a creation. So that's one way I do it. Um, another way that I like to do it is um, what I practice is called trans postures. And um, so it's you take a certain posture, mm-hmm. and this will uh, resonate with certain energy or certain spirits. And this will allow, after like, I don't know, five minutes of this, this will allow me to then kind of get and center myself into that type of energy and this will influence my gestures my colors my what i'm gonna you know uh, paint as well so that's another way i like to do it and another things that uh, another thing that i like to do uh to kind of inspire me and help me in my process is uh, other than like calling the help of the spirits or their presence in my room um I also like to uh, infuse my water with uh, crystals or with herbs or like work with different type of water. Um, So, you know, I I have a collection of different type of water. I have, you know, rainwater, snow water, thunderstorm water. uh, And I just like to uh, infuse my art with different type of energy coming from water as well. And this will just... (laughs)
1: <laughs> um yeah. it, you know, kind of talking about what you were saying with the, the the crystals and all that and the water. Um when I do paint, um I the bowl that I use for, you know, to clean my brushes between whatever colors or whatever I'm doing, um, is actually filled with quartz crystals in the bottom of it and river stones. It- and they kind of just cleanse whatever I was doing with it so that way whenever I'm ready to use that brush again it's not holding the energies of whatever i did before um and you know i just a i did it originally because i had an entire bag full of quartz that i was like i i'm never gonna use all these like i tried to give them away like i i bought them originally for book signings way back in the day and then i was like no i'm i'm just gonna take a handful and put them in this bowl so it doesn't tip over (laughs) (laughs) then it started working magically because it was one of those things like i did this mundanely and it turned magical
2: (laughs) yeah that's awesome
1: (laughs) um and it's really cool if you take the stones out now um all the like different little like crevices because some of the the you know cords they sometimes have those um like rougher edges even if they're tumbled um all the little cracks and crevices have different colors of paint through them so they look really interesting and pretty and so yeah they, they don't hold all of the uh the the paint doesn't always get washed off of them because it can't get in between those crevices so they have these different kind of like rainbow like streaks through them from the paint <laughs> which is interesting
2: <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah no this um this this is what I like about you know using different crystals different uh water it's just it's just bring this extra element this, extra uh, type of energy to kind of help you give a direction to what you're about to create and it's an anchor you know when when you see the crystals uh, in the water or close to your bowl well then you remember why you were doing this in the first place Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm very forgetful so (laughs) it's really good to be like oh yes you know I bring that type of energy you know rose quartz I can be green calcite, carnelian, massagat um, uh, for something very earthy. Um, yes, it's um, I just I love playing with water in that in that
1: way, and that's really cool that you were talking about like the different types of infused magical waters to do that. Um, and the different obviously, I would assume that would probably affect the art in a really interesting way. But one of the girls that I was talking about in my um, coven like who paints, she doesn't use paintbrushes. She'll use different objects like crystals and rocks and um, like things like credit cards <laughs> or gift cards or whatever that have expired to create these different types of abstract things. She doesn't use any brushes at all. And sometimes, you know, she'll tell me that she's like, yeah, I created this whole thing and I did it with this Um, stone. And she'll tell me about these different stones that she has. And then she will infuse the stone with energy as she's painting. And that's the, I guess, the, the object that she uses to paint, which is really fascinating and incredible how she does it. And like, literally, I'm just like, I don't know how to do that. I know how to paint with brushes. But how you do that, that's really cool. And she's like, I don't know how to paint with brushes. I don't know how you do that. So it's really fascinating to see how different types of magical objects can also be uh used for artwork which is really cool
2: yes it's uh it's fascinating to um to see like different artists and their how they can transform uh, a brush into a power object or use object and uh, to infuse their art with it um and this this that's the thing is that uh, there's so many many ways to bring um, spiritual meaning uh, in the process of creation and also in the outcome if if you wish to you know it's not even necessary but even if your process itself is spiritual it's already so enriching and it can be something that uh, take even more it can be become sorry it can become more important and the end result itself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your objective. And because just it becomes a performance, you know, like the dance, there's no end result. The dance is the dance and it is in the moment. And this is pretty much uh, what you can do when you invite the spirits <laughs> in your creative time.
1: I think that's so fascinating that how that works out. Now you were telling me a little bit before we started recording that you had been doing a lot of art this summer. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about that?
2: Oh yeah, for, for sure. Well, um so because I have to rewind a bit. Before <laughs> <laughs> so before this summer, I was mostly my my attention, my efforts were concentrating on teaching uh, with Eric at the Spirit World Center mm-hmm. and at the beginning of the year 2023 I started to feel a call to uh, take more time to create take more time to paint and kind of reconsider where I'm going to put my energy in the future um, which is maybe you know do I want to teach more or do I want to create more and I really felt the call to create more. And so I have to rewind again a little bit more before that. (laughs) Before the Spirit World Center, I was a uh, full-time artist. Um, And I was, well, I was also teaching, uh, you know, at art centers, at galleries. Uh, I was pretty much everywhere. (laughs) It was a really intense lifestyle. Um, But I kind of put that aside because I felt like there was something missing. Mm-hmm. And then I really kind of embraced fully uh, shamanism and uh, teaching shamanic healing alongside with Eric for four years. And now I felt the call back, and in a kind of just in a beautiful way, the two, the art and shamanic practice really became uh, a, a together, you mm-hmm. know, they were intertwined. And so I find I finally kind of find my balance, um, <laughs> in that sense. Um, and so from there, this, during the summer, I was uh, very productive. I did I don't know like thirty paintings oh, or wow, something like that. Yeah, I was painting just nonstop, and uh, it went very well. And uh, we had a lot of opportunity. Like I. I've exposed, I've did exhibition um, like in a place called Fantasy in the Forest.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and so it's, you're literally like you have your tent and it's in the forest and you have to dress in a fantasy way <laughs> and everyone that's coming, it's like, it was like a 5,000 people event. Oh like my they gosh, have buses. Yeah. there It was a inc- crazy weekend. was awesome. And so you have to dress in a fantasy way. And the people that come there are also dressing like the customers, if you want, they are dressing in a fantasy way as well. And, and it's just this amazing event in the middle of the forest. Um, and we had gorgeous weather, plus it was just perfect. Um, and so we had this event, we had other uh, events like that. We found a witch market, a nice sellout witch market. And um so that that was really amazing for me and just painting every day I felt so connected because I was always with spirits. Mm-hmm. I was always and I find different ways to for me to create. So sometimes I would just it was it would not be about a, a shamanic journey that I did previously, it would just be more in the moment. And I would like draw a line or something, and from there I see one spirit, and then it's kind of a puzzle, and they just appear one after the other, and they they shape themselves into a painting, um, and I just find that it's. Then I put it outside into the world, and it's there's a message for someone, and this there's something wisdom, it's carrying a wisdom for the person that will find you know, or that painting, or sometimes I. I almost feel like the painting is finding the person.
1: Mm-hmm. That t- <laughs> yeah. typically is how it ends up being that they they have to find the one person who they're supposed to go home with.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's been um, that's been my journey this um, during the summer. I met wonderful, wonderful people, um, and you can tell when someone is into spirit work
1: mm-hmm. and
2: when someone is not when they look at uh, your art.
1: Oh, absolutely. I
2: I had one little old lady. She was not, she was very far from my tent, but close enough that I could hear what she says. And there was, I had a painting with tons of owls in it, like tons of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, she uh, she says, oh, look at that. She's, they look like devils. And she (laughs) walks away. And wow. And <laughs> so yeah, because they were, well, I don't, I don't really know how to describe the way I paint, but it's not realistic. It's more um kind of almost symbolism. It's surrealism, uh, maybe? It's like surreal, yeah. yeah surreal. And mm-hmm. um almost um almost like more a an illustration style mm-hmm. than yeah. uh, realistic. And so, they did have very dark eyes. It's true, and they were looking, you know, at the viewer. So they they were quite intimidating in that sense. But yeah, so but other people like, oh, so you're doing shamanism, clearly, or they some people they just know, and you can sit in their face, and all their eyes go bright because, um, you know, there's not a lot of artists that paint the way I paint. Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's different in in that sense um i don't know eric help me
0: here (laughs) it's really picking up it's really picking up that spiritual journey or that shamanic journey experience like it it has the feel that you are in that journey space while you're looking at the art and so you have that anthropomorphism when it comes to animals or you have that dream-like setting that you run into and it's so funny yeah i we found that that percentage of people in the audience who really like who were attuned to that type of work Mm -hmm. instantly are like okay we know exactly what (laughs) you're doing here and i'm on to you and uh and so it's actually quite nice too that great that the art actually creates that kind of community sense around it where it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're on the same page here. Yes. This is a part of reality that's, you know, it's not usually shown on the, on the canvas in, in, in this way. And, and yeah, Lava has a very uh, delightful way of showing, uh, of showing this in her art. It's not too serious, which, uh, it, it but just solemn enough, for, for shamanic journeying you know you can't take shamanic journeying too seriously no, but you not. also have to take it seriously enough and, and so that's that's really the feeling that comes across on her art
1: and it's so interesting too when you have the, the different aspects of art and um all, all the different ways that something is conveyed on canvas and when somebody looks at they're just like oh yeah that, that's that's nice that's cool that that's that's pretty um, whereas other times they'll look at something and go, that's absolutely terrifying. What were you thinking when you were painting this? And it's like, yeah, no, that, that's not meant for you then. And then you have somebody else that's like, this speaks to my soul. I must own it now.
0: Well, it's it's funny with Lauva because uh she uh she's very uh, protective of her art and she doesn't want it to go home with someone who likes it for the wrong reasons, right? So yeah, if someone just I thinks it's pretty, if if someone just thinks it's pretty, it's like, oh, I'm gonna put this in the bathroom, or you know, if, or if it's uh, you know, they just are connecting with it for some <clears throat> very minor reason. Uh yes, Lava would much rather it go home with someone who's who actually feels the energies in it and and is going to connect in some way in their life through it. You know, it's very important to her.
1: I completely understand that. And, um, but, you know, as you were saying about the bathroom, though, uh, we have a running joke as um, that the bathroom is just as much of a spiritual place because you spend so much time in it throughout your life. So, yes, having spiritual spaces in your bathroom is also appropriate. <laughs> so
0: oh yeah no i i can see that for sure for sure <laughs> yes
1: it's kind of a running joke that, that that happens so if you spend a lot of time in the party yeah having a spiritual space there is okay because you have the time to deal with it <laughs> um,
0: well, I, as an aside i think that's actually a really important thing to recognize you know there's so many uh there's so many ideas out there of um so many taboos in so many uh, more established religions let's say where so many spaces are taboo so many actions are taboo and let's say after you do them you have to purify yourself before coming in contact with anything spiritual or religious again and i'm i just see it as the exact opposite this is making a a separation between the the human and the divine the body and the spirit when in fact it's like look the the spirits and the spin your divinity and the spiritual side of life is just as present in any action that you take like I, I don't see the need for anything being seen as filthy or taboo and being separate from the divine that's that's this bifurcation of reality which i think really doesn't reflect the truth of the matter at all which is that the that divine spark that that spirit it's it's in everything and it there's is. no way that you can say there's no way you can separate yourself from it, it it's just it's so sorry there's no way of getting away from it so it's in everything so <laughs> yeah so long way of saying yes we definitely and, uh, do spiritual things in the bathroom too <laughs> yeah we
1: have altars in every room in our house it, and they're not elaborate. They're they're small, but they are usually a connection altar. Not usually to anybody. You know, the, the specific ones are in bigger locations and more specialized locations. But we do have altars in every room of our house. And I even have spiritual objects in my closets because those are liminal spaces. And so those kind of things... It's not that they're forgotten. It's just that they are one of those spaces. Yeah, you get in the closet and you just kind of ignore everything else in there. But it's a liminal space, and so having that kind of acknowledgement that yes, there probably might be something lurking in your closet, and it's one of those things of is it lurking because it's bad? No, it's lurking because it's liminal space, and understanding that kind of thing. And you know, like for me, bathrooms. Yes, they are. Also spiritual places because you do ritual work in your shower, in your bath, those kinds of things. So having those kind of altars in those spaces, absolutely do it. So, yeah, if you want, you know, pretty artwork to go in your bathroom, I I say more power to you at that point, (laughs) especially if that's how you view it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, the only distinction we make is it's just... Hopefully it's it's artwork that you wanted there because you find it beautiful and not just because oh it's a fish so it's marine theme so it'll go with my blue my blue (laughs) wallpaper. If you're gonna put art in there, put it
1: with purpose. That honestly, if you're gonna put art anywhere in your home, put it with purpose, not just be like oh yeah it's pretty I want it on my wall. No, like it needs to be with purpose. Like, um for example the the art piece that I have hanging above my desk I painted it took me two weeks to paint. And that's because it has so much teeny tiny line work in it that it's ridiculous. And I've never done that much line work since because it took way too long. <laughs> but it's this beautiful, like, sunsetty winter forest scene um, when all the trees don't have their leaves and then they look all dead and frightening. And there's this beautiful harvest moon above it and it's gorgeous. But, um, like, for a while, I was like, yeah, I will, I'll, I'll sell this painting. And the more I connected with the painting, the more I'm like, no, this painting cannot go home with anyone. This painting has meaning for me. It, it's something, there's something about it that I can't even explain that it has to be there. And I don't know why, even to this day, I'm like, I don't know why it's there, but it is. And it has to be above my desk. And maybe it has to do with all my spiritual guardians. Maybe that's it. their happy place. I don't know. Maybe that's what they've done. They, they're like, yes, you painted a happy place for us. I don't know. But it has to sit there. And it has for four years since I painted it. Um, but it, it's one of my favorites. And the other one of my favorites um, is... Uh, it's called The Thread of a Murder. <laughs> and it's because it's got one little raven in it. And so it's not um, that. But it was the first time I had ever painted a free-handed painted an animal that, um, because I'm not good at freehanding animals, I usually need like some stencil work or something like that to help. And I was like, yeah, I'll sell this painting. And the more I realized it, the more I'm like, nope, it can't be sold either. It has to stay here and it sits near one of the altars because it belongs to the Morgan. And when I painted it, I painted it on a dare. I did not paint it for any specific purpose. So it's so cool how those kind of interactions work with art and how they kind of come out of uh being. And um also your owl painting that you were describing sounds absolutely captivatingly beautiful.
2: Thank you. Well,
1: it's already sold. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, it went home to I whatever literally... it was supposed to. I'm just saying it was it sounds gorgeous. I actually I made it
2: and I didn't even at the time to take a proper picture of it because oh, it was wow. so like, yeah. I made it, I finished it like the night before the show, and it was gone, like. <laughs>
1: so, That's amazing. I was really no. Oh
2: yes, it's it's so sad. Like I think I have like one basic picture of it, like on on the on the easel, <laughs> <That's about laughs> it. and uh, now the it's it's a uh, so the what is cool is that it was like tons of owls uh it was okay so the scenery was like a lake with mountains in the and behind mm-hmm. and at the front there was a you know, like 10 owls on the beach with a lady looking at the lake um and on the other side of the lake there was anthropomorphized uh, deer and crows And they were, they were like having ropes with like um, infinity signs on them. It's all tiny little infinity signs on them. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the reflection, it was not, sorry, it was not crows. It was wolves, wolves and deers. And, but the reflection in the lake was not the anthropomorphized version, was the actual animal um, that was there. And it was a lady floating in the lake too.
1: That sounds so amazing. It's really surreal. (laughs) It is very surreal, but you, you know, surreal paintings are one of those ones where I do a lot of realism in my artwork, but people who can paint surrealism to me are just they're a whole nother breed of amazing human beings because my brain can't my brain's like no it has to be sexual it cannot be that (laughs) I'm sure that's probably something I do. Well see this this is your left brain
2: right there. But when you work with your right brain with your heart and when you also like um you know you do shamanic journey and this is what you see while
1: this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And you bring that back. it's so interesting to kind of see like the idea that i was talking about earlier like i would love to i don't even know if i can do it the the what i saw that was supposed to be on the canvas i don't know if i can even paint that because i've never painted anything like that before um but it's this whole thing where um i'm sure i will have to freehand the birds but um where there's all these different spirits tendrils that are coming out trying to reach whoever's in the center and it'd be just a silhouette of a human of course um but coming out of the human's mouth are ravens and seeing that I'm like I don't even know if I could paint that I want to paint it I want to do it I don't know if I can though (laughs) so we'll see we'll see if this comes into existence
2: (laughs) yeah well I mean I think it's a beautiful idea and there's a lot of power in uh, what you describe. And, you know, it's normal to to kind of, it's it's normal, right? To fear that we might fail at doing it over like, oh, I don't want to waste time on something. I'm not even sure. It's like, I don't want to waste gonna... the
1: canvas and the paint. <laughs> it's not going yeah. <laughs> to Well, then you just buy gessos and you you just paint over it. Yeah, you that is true. Do it again. <laughs> That is true. I do some yeah. texture with a lot of my stuff, though. So sometimes it's hard to paint over those kinds of things. So you have to fit. It's almost like doing um, cover up tattoo work. So you have to make sure everything blends beneath it um, because I especially my trees, my t- trees, all of the bark, you can literally run your hands over and feel the bark. Because oh, I, I make them um, have texture to them versus trying to paint the texture and trying to show that there's you know doing different color works to kind of em- emphasize the texture i almost want you to touch it and feel it and see that it's you know a part of it same with the moon like you can actually touch all the moons and you can feel the different like craters that you would see on the moons um oh, that because sounds they have the textures to them I, it's one of those things that like i even have to paint the moons with my fingers because that, that's the only way i can do it no brush will give me that kind of texture It's really fascinating. It's much more fun like that. (laughs) Yeah, it is really fun. And then you end up, you know, and like if I do snow or something like that, I end up covered head to toe in paint because I use a toothbrush for that. So it's it's so fascinating and fun. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) So uh, we are just about out of time. Now, you guys are going to come back here um, soon and we're going to record the second half of this, which is going to be spirit led creativity. And we're going to talk all about that. And that's going to be fun. Uh, but for those who are listening, where can they go to find more about you, your art, and obviously the Spirit World Center?
0: Yeah, so they can find us at spiritworldcenter.com. That's our main website where we have most of our information. They can also follow us on Instagram at spirit underscore world underscore center. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, just search for uh, Spirit World Center and you'll find us there. And uh, then, of course, we also have Lauva's new online gallery. Lauva, where is that? I, I cannot recall the uh, the URL.
2: Sorry, I, I lost it. <laughs> I was looking for the mute button. Um, so where you can find uh, the gallery is on the website. And so if you go on Spirit Spiritwell Center, you will see in the menu gallery, at it, it's going to be there. All my art, you, you're going to see my acrylics and um, my watercolors that are there. And also, I'm just starting a an Instagram account for my art because it's been, yeah, it's it took long for me, but I finally <laughs> did it. So... Um, and so the the name of my Instagram account, uh, freshly made, is lava. Dot the. Dot spirit. Dot traveler. So it's lava. Lava the spirit traveler, with one L. Um, and it, there's a little dot in between all the words.
1: Okay. Uh, if it makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. all of those links will obviously be in the show description, so you guys can go and find all of that directly there. I love having you guys on the show. You know you're welcome back every time.
0: (laughs) Yay! You guys so much fun.
1: (laughs) Um, but everyone who's listening, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for hanging with us. And take care of yourselves. Be kind to each other. And if you are doing the holiday stuff, make sure you're being good to yourselves and taking care of yourselves in the process of that. And enjoy your holidays if you celebrate them. If you don't, enjoy your time regardless. And We will see you all next time with more Eric and Lava for the next episode.
0: So bye everyone.